Right now, joining the show, Hannah Lindsay. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm. I'm pumped to have it. I I know. Uh, we put up that Q and A, and you were posted in there. Like I think more than anyone, especially right off the rip. So, um, definitely speaks a lot to your coaching, um, which is going to kind of be the main topic for today. But you know, yeah. you're obviously super achieved in strongman. Um, and been around for a while and, and I've heard you mention before you played soccer. Um, is that kind of how you got into strength sports? Just an athletic background? Yeah, athletic background. And then, uh, blew my hip out twice in college. Uh, had to quit that two years early, still trained, lifted weights, really enjoyed it. Got out of college, did powerlifting for about a year and a half. Really wasn't my style. I got kind of bored with training. It's the same monotonous thing. Uh, judging extremely inconsistent. I just, it wasn't for me. Uh, got out, did just bodybuilding type training, did a figure show, uh, got third in the open, won my novice class. Uh, wasn't enough to go through all that again. It wasn't like enough satisfaction and it felt like accomplishment. Uh, it just didn't do it for me. So I just continued to train. And then, you know, seeing on Instagram, I saw there was strong woman. So I grew up watching that and did some networking with some people I had met through the course of the years, found me a coach, and then just got started in 2017 and never stopped. That's cool. So yeah. you cut you kind of tried like the whole triple crown of strength sports and eventually landed on strongman being the one you yeah. liked. I never yeah. I, I did powerlifting for a while, but never dabbled in in, you know, figure bodybuilding, anything like that. How how much different was that experience for you, you know, oh, than, than Strongman? So, like, you know, powerlifting is, you know, you have to meet a weight class and be super strong. You know, bodybuilding, you have to, depending on what you're doing, figures by height, you know, men's open is by weights, like 212 or open. Um, you know, physique is by height, you have weight classes. So, I mean, it just depends what kind of, like, category you fit in. But the training is about how you look not really about how strong you are and you know the diet is insane the cardio is insane there's just like a lot of steps you have to do throughout the day but like to me personally I enjoyed being strong versus being shredded like to me when I got super shredded I lost strength and I didn't enjoy that I mean yeah you look cool with abs for you know a couple of weeks but it just it didn't bring enough joy because like I know how much I have to suffer to get to that point and that is just like unrealistic for me to like maintain that so I just did it. I saw it through the end, completed it, woo, got the trophy. And then I was like, all right, I'm never doing this again. Like it was just, it was just too much. Like yeah. you, the last like four to six weeks, you just feel like you just want to die. And I just, I like sleep and I like food and I don't feel like dying. So. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's funny. Cause it's like the exact opposite of what you do now where like, yeah. you know, like bodybuilders look they're they look the strongest on stage but they're the weakest you're at your we it's funny because it's the exact opposite of strongman you know you want to be strongest on the stage bodybuilding you're like your weakest on your stage which you look your best so that's really interesting you know just that background i guess yeah i, I guess before i even go into coaching and like competing as strongman the one question i always hear people bring up with you is your job is that yeah is that fair to say like yeah uh, i mean especially now it's that's what I get asked the most um you know how do you maintain training how do you maintain your food 
your sleep schedule. I mean, it's because I work swing shifts. So I work four days on, four days off, four nights on, four days off, back to four days on. So your sleep schedule is flip-flopping all the time. It's just, there's no rhythm. There's no consistency. It's just, it's all over the place. And it's, it's presented a lot of struggles. Um, just all of it, uh, especially during summer, like it's some days it's like 160 right now. Um, and you're wearing, you know, three layers of FR clothes and you're outside doing, or I mean, you're not, you're in a building, but it's outside, but it's just, it's manual labor. If you eat too much and then you do like upset conditions, you I've puked before on deck. It's just, it, it's been a ongoing learning pattern of what I can do, what I can't do, when I can eat, how much. So it's just a constant thorn in my side with training because it's not conducive to what I want to do as far as strength training. But yeah, this is the job that I do and this is what pays the bills and strongman's my hobby. So yeah. Yeah, that's it's, just how it goes. It's crazy. So for those that are listening that aren't familiar, you work in a steel mill. Yeah. And so, so yeah. yeah, I work in a steel mill. I'm in casting. So we take the liquid steel and cast it to a solid bar. And the way we do that is by water and air, so which creates steam. So I work in a wet sauna 12 hours a day. Oh. And it's cool booths that you can get in to, to take breaks and stuff like that. But when you're in the thick of it, it's it's like 140 to 160 during summer. Yeah, which is so crazy because you, you just explained it. But, you know, you're you're in a sport that is so physically um, dependent, you know, on training. You know, yeah. typically people training three to five days a week really hard, long sessions. We all, everyone that's done strong that's listening understands how hard like an event day can be. Yeah. So, you know, you're doing that. Like you mentioned like four twelves with a swing shift. So day and night, you're in a very male dominated field, like yeah. it, which is, so it, I think it's, it's, it makes it what you achieve as an athlete. So impressive yeah. because what you're doing. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I could be a better athlete if I had a different job like back when I worked in the gym when I had just like a normal like you know eight hour day job in the AC not physically taxing and the hardest part of my day was training um I felt stronger I felt more in shape I felt more rested I felt more like fine-tuned grease machine uh it was easy and now it's not but it is what it is I mean you know and I've made progress it's probably not as fast as it could have been not having this job, but that's just the cards I'm dealt. So I have to deal with it and it's, it's fine. I mean, Tyler Cotton made like a post the other day. He just went and did like a SLC competition. Not really sure where it was, but he's in a, you know, a manual labor blue collar job too. He works in asphalt paving roads. And he's like, there's a small bit of pride that I get from doing things the hard way. And I, resonate with that because it is very hard and it's not like a bragging thing like I'm not bragging at all but it is hard and there are some days that I come home and I go straight to bed because work was so bad because we broke out or something happened and I had more manual labor than I should have that day versus trying to come home and get a training session in it was better to get seven hours of sleep versus you know four and a half and train so I just sleep yeah you kind of took you kind of took my next question with the whole Tyler thing, but you know, you use that as kind of like a chip on your shoulder sometimes, where it's like, man, I'm I'm working my butt off, I'm doing this blue collar job, and like, yeah. and I'm still competing. Like, do you use that internally? Maybe not against people, but like like internally yourself. No. Well, like I know, for example, 
if I can come home from a 12 hour day and still hit my top sets of squat or deadlift or press or event this or whatever, and then I can still do it after working a 12 hour day out in the heat. I know that whenever I'm deloaded and fresh and carb loaded and, you know, have sleep and this, that, and the other and going to contest, it's going to be easier, you know? So it's like, I know if I can do my stuff on a bad day, then it's going to be all right. Like it's, it's not really like a bragging, right. But it's like a, a reassurance like, okay, well, if I can feel this bad and go in and still do X, Y, Z, then I know on contest day, like it'll be fine. And it usually is unless as of late, I'm having a lot of knee issues since Arnold, but it's good until it's not. Yeah. But I help knee issues that just kind of happened out of nowhere. Injuries just kind of pop up. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I just think uh, people, you know, they gravitate to your story with work because it is like pretty inspirational and it's really cool to see. I think it's, yeah. I think it's like people that, that train and the people that make the excuse in training that they don't have time and stuff. And then when you hear about someone like you, um, not to say that, that other people don't have a lot going on as well, but it is like, it, it you know, people may need to take stuff from that. I'm, you know, is my point, I yeah. guess. And, and that's the thing, it's like a lot of people fixate on, you know, very specific equipment and this, that, and the other. And it's like, I train in my hot garage that's not air conditioned. I run events on my front porch with no air conditioning. And it's just like, some days it's very hard. You might go through six, eight t-shirts, depending on what you're doing. You have to train at certain parts of the day, depending on how hot it is. So, I mean, it's just, there's a lot of like moving around and stuff, but the people that grind and do stuff that way, they understand it. Cause I mean, no lie training used to be very easy in an air conditioned gym with a lot of space, but now it's just where I live. There's no gym that's got the stuff. I have all the stuff. It's just, I know if I can get it done out here in the air condition, it's going to be a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So I, I heard you mention before that you, you were a personal trainer and kind of ran a gym previously. Um, were you coaching strongman at that time? Were you coaching more like gen pop? Uh, so I ran a gym, I managed it and I did personal training. All of my in client trainings were just like gym pop slash like some high school athletes, middle school athletes. I hadn't broke out into my training with strongman yet. That kind of came around, I guess, two years ago. I never like, I was so done with coaching people that I never like thought about coaching strongman at all. And then, you know, people would message me questions like I have a, the, how this is how it started my first client's victoria day she's out of like tennessee or something uh she messaged me for a contest it was supposed to be a huseful stone carry but she didn't have one but she wanted to know how she could train for it and i was like oh same i did the same thing it's just bear hug front carry like not this way but kind of like under that front lip like a keg carry it that way and i trained for my first nationals that way and i ended up carrying my huseful like 620 feet i think it's a lot harder way of training, but if you can get that done, you're going to get all H stone. It's going to be cake. And I was like, you know, let me know how it goes. I kind of gave her some ideas of how to run it. And then I said, update me at your, after your comp and see how it goes. And she messaged me saying she won the event. It worked out way good. Then a couple of weeks later, she messaged me like, would you be interested or you do even train people? And I just was like, yeah, whatever. And I took her on and then 
it just kind of evolved and word of mouth. Like I've never once made a post or anything asking for athletes. It's just kind of word of mouth or people have messaged me and asked me about coaching. And, you know, I've talked about it before. I have to have a really good understanding with that potential client of like my work job. Cause like, I might not be able to respond to you because I'm sleeping during the day. Cause I'm on a night shift. So it's a lot of open communication if they're going to be okay with that. Cause you might compete on a Saturday and I might be asleep all day. So there's no, there's no calling me. There's no texting me. You're completely by yourself. So, I mean, I set you up for success that week that you theoretically shouldn't have to message me, but some people can't handle that. They want to have full access and they're not okay with that. So it's a, it's a lot of like open, honest communication in the forefront. And then if I think they're a good fit for me and they're, and they think I'm a good fit for them, then we'll kind of like start our process of starting. But I don't just take everybody. It's gotta be like a good fit for both because some people, you know, might have unrealistic expectations and I tell them what I think and they're like, yeah, whatever. And then it just, it's not going to like pan out. So I'm pretty good at like narrowing down and reading personalities and see if we're going to be a good fit because you're, I mean, it's a relationship and it's got to work both ways. 100%. So as long as both ways, you know, make sense and it's good and we think it's going to work, then I take them on and then we kind of start from there, but it's, it's super laid back. I have no fancy app. I don't do anything fancy. You know, I do everything on like a shared note. Uh, I do your video reviews. I might FaceTime you or call you or I might, you know, video me doing something. Or if I'm training and you're training and you like are having issues, I'll FaceTime you and show you something real quick. But it's super just, it's super laid back. Like I don't, I don't have time to make stuff fancy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you made a couple really, really cool points there. I think what I've seen and it's not necessarily always right, but coaches that kind of organically grew just by like helping one or two people. And then I think there is really a good sign, a sign of a really good coach because you're not promoting it 24 seven. You're just organically growing and clearly you're doing something right because that yeah. person is telling people that person's telling people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's really cool. And the other thing is like not being able to be afraid to say, Hey, this may not be the perfect fit because I live XYZ lifestyle and you live this other lifestyle. And I just may not be able to meet your expectations yeah. where, you know, I think people that are looking for a coach, they're, they're so afraid to like, they have this like really unfair view of the coach and they want to, the first coach they look out to, to be a hundred percent the fit for them. And yeah, it just, it may not be true i'm sure you've ran into it a ton of times and it's like yeah. i think that's really cool that you mentioned that that you tell people hey this may just not work out and right that's fair i think that's really cool and honorable for a coach to do that yeah. instead of just taking their money and then them finding out three months later like this isn't for me yeah because i mean there i tell them up front like some of my clients today just send me all of your videos send me whatever text message you need to send me i will get to it when I get to it and it might be two days, it might be immediate. It might be in an hour. Um, if you, you think that I forgot about you, text me my mm -hmm. schedule. I don't know what day it is. Half the time. I don't know what time it is, but like, I will go back and it's sometimes I'll be at work at like four o'clock in the morning, reviewing videos and sending them updates at four o'clock in the morning. That's just when I got time to it, you know? So, right. I mean, it's, I get back to them and things like that, but it's like a, a lot of coaches, I feel like, 
think or, or a lot of athletes think coaches need to be accessible 24 seven. And that's just unrealistic. And especially with my job, it's not possible. Like right. I can't, I mean, I kind of pride myself in being like, this is what we got. This is what I can do for you. If you think it'll work or you're okay with that, we'll try the first month and we'll reconvene after a month. And if it doesn't work, you know, we can talk about it, see if we can tweak a few things or if it just doesn't work, you know, our feelings we can part our own ways. Cause like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm an end all be all best situation. Cause like I'm not, there's, there's so many coaches out there and we bring so many different things to the table. And, you know, I'm really big on not just developing you as an athlete, but developing you as a person, helping you, you know, manage stress or manage your job on top of this. And it's, there's a lot of different areas and facets that make a really good athlete that are, you know, aren't always addressed. You know, what's your food like? What's your blood work like? I'm very big into making sure you get enough sleep. You're hydrating enough. You're being healthy. You're eating the right stuff. You're taking the right vitamins. I mean, it's a big, it's a big play and you're, you're developing people as people and as athletes. And I pride myself on that as well. And yeah. you know, I've developed some athletes I took them and they were, you know, sort of strong and I've got them kind of strong or very strong or they've gotten better overall as an athlete or more conditioned or have lost weight, recomps come back strong as they were when they were bigger. I mean, there's it's a long ride. It's not just like a quick fix. Like I I pride myself on developing the total package, not just, you know, cherry picking athletes and then throwing a bunch of stuff at them and be like, all right, now you're going to be good. It's like, no, like I'm taking some like, you know, average starting out people and then making them competitive at state level contest or getting their pro card or right at their pro card. I mean, it's just, it, it shows a lot about a coach of what people they can develop versus cherry picking athletes. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's a great, the, the word I like that you keep using is developing. Yeah. And I think it's really cool because I, you, you kind of mentioned how some of your athletes need to be a little bit more in, like independent because you give them the week and, you know, you are accessible when you can be, but do you, do you see it like as a coach where you can develop athletes where they can kind of like at the longer they're with you, the less they need you. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Cause for example, there are some days at work, especially on night shift. I usually do my programming. I try to start doing it on Saturday, but between Saturday and Monday is when I get them their new week coming. Usually Sunday is like my goal to get programming done for the new week coming ahead. But sometimes when I'm on nights, I get super out of whack, might not realize that it's Monday. And then like I sleep all day Monday, then they might've already went to the gym and they've already texted me like, Hey, um, I went to the gym earlier today. I didn't have my program, but looking at like, we've been together so long. I went ahead and made these adjustments because I think this is what we were going to do. And more times than not, they're on the right path. So, I mean, yeah, like I don't want – I'm trying to make these people not be so, like, reliant on me that they need me for every beck and call. You know what I mean? Because, like, thing with me, Leifa has developed me to where, like, I needed, like, feedback weekly, and now I kind of – coach myself and tell her stuff and we kind of like morph our ideas together then spit out something but it's a very much two-way street and I think I'm almost at the point where I'm overcrossing more than she is and she's still just kind of overseeing things but no I mean I don't do anything that's very secret everything you don't reinvent the will it's you know just continuously getting in the gym doing you know not 
a 10, 15 different movements every four weeks, like consistency and building strength and patterning and things like that. Like people want to make things fancy and it's to get strong. It's not fancy. 100%. 100%. So the thing you, you, you mentioned it, it was one of the points I wanted to, to bring up on the podcast was I found your old school coaching like approach to coaching i thought it was really interesting because i've heard you talk about it before on other podcasts is like how you do it straight from your phone how like you you kind of already talked about a little bit but do you feel like clients take well to that i like part of me kind of loved hearing you talk about it because it was like it's simple and it's like back to kind of like i i don't know it just gets so fancy now right and it gets sometimes can get so overcomplicated and like I coach some athletes and I still do it from word. Like I just, I, I try new, I try like coaching apps and then I just go back to like my old ways of typing it out. And I don't know if that's just me being getting old now and like stubborn, but it was like a breath of fresh air when I heard you talk about it. So kind of elaborate just a little bit on like your coaching approach. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing stuff. I mean, I have my BS in kinesiology just like on a lot of background on like my strength knowledge. Uh, I have my BS in kinesiology. I did a, a internship in my strength uh, and conditioning program at ULM. I did a bunch. I learned more as far as coaching and how to get strong and do things and, you know, develop stuff by doing a lot of trial and error on myself. So when I was at the gym, I was there from 20, what, 13 to 2017, so four years, four and a half years or so, depending on when I started. Uh, I did a lot of my own coaching. I did hire someone for the bodybuilding stuff, but not really the training, but the nutrition. But then I ran a lot of my own nutrition stuff on my own. I did a lot of research. I did a lot of buying programs. I did a lot of FS7. I did a lot of John Meadows. Um, I mean, I did all sorts of stuff. I looked in the West Side. I hired a coach for my powerlifting. I looked into that. So, I mean, and I told him when I hired him to teach me as well because I wanted to learn. So I've trialed and errored a lot of programs and a lot of different tactics on myself through those years. So I kind of know what works and I know what doesn't work and I know what can work. And especially like my clients, they were all like mini projects. You know, I would make a little project as far as like nutrition on this client or I would do a little program on this one. So they were all like my little subjects and they had no idea, but it worked. And I kind of just like stick with what I know. You know, I'm not saying that I haven't developed some of my ways since then because I have because I've learned a lot of stuff from Leifa. But I mean, look, look, you know, Westside's done and they haven't reinvented the wheel. It's the same stuff. You know, you don't need to change your row every four weeks as long as you're doing like a row pattern. And I'm just super old school. Half the time, all these apps, I don't know how to run them. So I don't use them. You know, like right now I'm trying to download this stupid program of like Lightroom classic on my laptop and I don't know if it's even working it's just (laughs) very tech savvy it just it is what it is when I have my notepad on my phone I can kind of see everything it's right there it's not in some fancy app of having to spend more time to work the app versus it being right there I put a lot of data in that app I share the note with the client they can update it I can update it we see what each other does um if I'm working like a 12-week block I'll get it work or I'll get a piece of paper at home and I'll just write stuff on paper. I'm very big on pen and paper and I'll just transfer it over or I'll take a picture of it. But I mean, it's just, I don't believe in fancy. Cause like 
Fancy does sell, but Fancy doesn't always work. And I'd rather spend my time on actually getting you meat and potato workout that's going to work than trying to sell some flashy thing. And then that's another thing. It's like if I spend all this money on like some app, then I have to pay for this app to, you know, work and all this stuff. And I just, I'd rather just do what I have that's free. Yeah. Like I just, I'm old school. It's just, I'm very laid back. It's very nonchalant. A lot of our stuff is just via text, sending pictures, videos. And I mean, it works. I mean, right. all of my clients have gotten stronger, have gotten better, have lost weight if that was their goal. So, I mean, no one's complained. Right. You know, no, I, I, the, this is super like laid back notepad type stuff. Right. I, I like how you're just like, yeah, if my client needs the FaceTime, like to look at something, I'll just FaceTime yeah. them. Like that's makes sense. And it's, I think it's cool. I just think like when I heard you talk about it, just like, uh, a completely different and unique approach to coaching than like yeah. what people are publicizing. So I really wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Do you think as a current athlete um, yourself, it's hard, it's difficult to coach athletes that may be a little more casual? Uh, yes and no. I like sometimes like I, when I first started coaching athletes, I'd get very frustrated, but then I realized like, not everybody's going to be like me, you know, and then it, and I, and I kind of crossed that when I was personal training clients back in Louisiana, like I had this one client, she was extremely overweight, like extremely overweight, like over 600 pounds. She was like mid forties. She already had two heart attacks. Wow. She was just trying to like get, she was just trying to like live. And she asked me, she was like, uh, you know, why do you work out? And I'm like, you can't ask me that question because I'm not normal. I am very obsessed with the sport that I do. I'm not the average person. You cannot try to be like me because it's not going to work. So mm -hmm. I think the is, is like, if I were you, why would I want to work out? And realistically, being you, I would want to work out to lose weight so I could see my kids grow up, so I could see my grandkids grow up, so I can walk in a store on my own, and so I wouldn't die. And I told her that, I mean, she did cry and that probably, I mean, whatever, I'm a very blunt person, but she asked me, <laughs> but it's like, she said that no one's been that honest with her before. Yeah. You know, no oh, one I mean. has been brutally honest with her, but that's why she needed to lose weight was to live. And it's like, so that was kind of like a big, like learning curve for me. It's like, not everyone that I coach or come in contact with is going to be as disciplined as I am, as motivated as I am obsessed that I am and, you know, put forth the effort that I will. So I can't treat everybody the same as I would myself. Right. So that's another like open, honest communication thing that I have with them. Like, Hey, what are your goals? And like, what is like, you know, your, it's almost like a 30, 60, 90 year goal thing. You know, if they tell me, Hey, I just want to like work out, feel good, be competitive at the state level. And then maybe one day think about going to nationals, maybe that, but I still want to maintain like a, a healthy balance between like gym and life in person. Okay. Right. Then I kind of like lay that out for them. And then I tell them like, if any time you want more, tell me, and then I'll like expect more out of you. Right. But it's just, that's just, that's a hard conversation for people to have, you know what I mean? And then like, I've had some athletes that want more and they don't understand that all the little pieces of the puzzle is, not more is more training, but more is in you need to get your sleep straight. 
You need to get your food right. You need to get your hydration straight. You need to prioritize the gym and not go do dumb stuff prior to the gym to exhaust you or stay up to three o'clock in the morning playing video games. Right. Because that's what's going to be more important. But, you know, and I have hard conversations with people and then I'm just kind of like, look, like I'm, I'm fed up with you. I'm tired of putting all this effort and you're just like, you know, pushing it away. So it's like, we need to figure this out. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's super funny because people who want to be more like casual with strongman or powerlifting or whatever strength discipline they are, they look at someone like you or, or just any top level athlete and they, and they feel like what they're doing is wrong because they don't have the ambition to be a top level athlete. When all reality, it's probably the other way. Like I, like people that are top level should be jealous of them because it's like, they have that balance. Like I'm sure yeah. it's, you know what I mean? Like you kind of mentioned earlier, it's not normal to be like top, top level. And I, I think some people need to realize like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to like do this and compete three, four times a week at the local or a year at the local level and just have fun. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. It's, and that's the thing, like the more I compete, you know, I do have fun, but I'm not going to lie, like a prep for Arnold for those 12 weeks, that is the most important thing of my day. I prioritize everything around the gym. There is no like, Oh, let's go get drinks with our buddies today. It's like, no, I can't go do that. Like I'll go hang out and eat with y'all if it's, in the right time of my frame of what I can go eat. But it's like, it's a a lot of people get caught up in that, that, that climb, I guess, that they forget to have fun and have a healthy balance because I don't compete year round. Physically I can't because of work, but also vacation, but I can't stay in prep mode year round because then my whole life is consumed with the gym and, I can't go one off, have a vacation because that's the thing. Strongman gyms do not exist in every city. So it's like if I go on a vacation while I'm in prep, I have to, you know, be aware of where I'm going, what I can get access to, what I can work around or bring equipment home or things like that. So, I mean, being competitive at this, because that's another thing. Like, for example, if you're a heavyweight woman or man and you get your pro card, the amount of contests you get to compete in has just went from this level to that level right literally your window now and a lot of people get that and it's like man if you just want to be like competitive and compete all the time and jump in and especially now they're having 500 dollars place first places or 700 dollars or 300 dollars man if you're like a top tier like state level competitor i'm almost jealous of you because you can compete all the time and rack up a couple hundred bucks drive to a show compete drive home but it's like i can't do that right you know like a lot of people get wrapped up in like, oh, I want to get a pro card. And it's like, man, it is cool. But also like there's some things that like I've missed out on. Like there's been some really cool like local level shows that have come up that I can't even do because I have my pro card in a heavyweight class. Right. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. it's something people don't talk about in the U.S. because it is such a inconvenience once you have that pro card to yeah. how limited you are. Yeah. I mean, expect I mean, if you're an open weight man or woman, your your level of like playing field has just went super small whereas if you're like a u90 or u73 or 64 or whatever you can always compete a class above and still compete but i mean it's just and especially now they're coming out with like these independent shows that are you know money and it's it's getting better and it's getting more competitive and more uh elusive for the 
you know, upper level local contest people that might not be just at their pro card yet, but, you know, within that range, they can travel, you know, in a tri-state area and rack up a couple hundred bucks in a weekend and then, you know, go about their day. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's not bad. I'm, I have a pork butt on my smoker and Thomas is trying oh, yeah. to fit off. So it's like, yeah, you're good. I, yeah, people, I've been people told me actually to ask you about your smoking meat, like that it's like one of your biggest hobbies. A bunch of people asked me to ask you that. A couple of your, yeah. I thought it was funny because you can tell you're a good coach because so Jamie Douglas is the one that I taught that all has a huge advocate for you to be on. And she, yeah. and she had a couple other your clients message me questions to ask you. Yeah. And like they all asked about smoking meat. So yeah. that's actually that actually fits the theme of the pod okay. really well. Yeah, so this is like a newfound hobby of mine. So like if you, I can show you my fortune in a minute, but, uh, you know, I grew up in Louisiana. I cook a lot. That's just what I do. So like on my porch right now, I have this new smoker I got, I don't know, three weeks ago, a Blackstone, like four burner griddle, a gas grill, and then my, uh, my big 10 gallon cast iron pots in my garage. So it doesn't rust, but I have the cooker stand for that. So it's like, I have everything I need. I don't think I'll need anything else for a minute. But yeah, so that's my new thing is I got me a smoker and I put a pork butt on it today and I've been tending to it all day. And then this last little bit, I'm having to get Thomas to like oh. do the last little getting it off. So I'm like, make sure it's 200 degrees. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope the podcast doesn't ruin it, ruin it. I'll feel really bad, but. That's fine. In a minute. But yeah, if it's 200, take it off. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, back to the, uh, you said, what's one thing that an athlete can do that they're kind of missing to be better? Is that the question? Yeah, kind of, I guess it's like coaching athletes from your most casual athlete to your most competitive athletes. What's like one thing you see? Cause it's funny, you coach and you compete, right? So I'm yeah. sure your competitor side, like your athlete side sees stuff one way, right? You're like, Hey, I'm an athlete. I got to do it this way. But then when you're like, you put your coaching cap on, you're like, I see it this way. I think yeah. that, so you're one of the people that has a really unique perspective. So when you put your coaching cap on, what's something you see that like everyone from most casual to most competitive can do to become a better athlete, like a mistake they're making something they, they could add in. Like, is there something that comes to mind? Man, I would say sleep. That's getting sleep, prioritizing sleep. A lot of people underrate sleep, but I would say sleep would be the biggest. Then I would say eating enough food would be the second biggest. Then third would just be like, I I don't know if you know about this, but I'm trying to open up like a new area of coaching as far as like mindset training, as far as like all the other boxes you need to check to be a good athlete. Yeah. You know, your sleep. What, babe? Uh, yeah, just press the power button. Um, you know, check the boxes or your sleep, your food, your water you know, your electrolytes, your, your supplements, um, prioritizing the stuff that you need to during the day to set yourself up for the best session ever. Then while you're training, if you hit like something you weren't supposed to hit, don't let that one thing ruin the rest of your training and kind of like working on like a strong mindset that, so I'm trying to develop this into like another Avenue. Like right now I have one athlete, um, Angela, she's at the Shaw classic this weekend and I've been working with her, I think three months since her national show through and just kind of like we're doing some weekly check-in emails just really trying to get her mind organized in the way that she needs to start approaching things to get to that next step as an athlete 
And a lot of people leave that off the board. They're like, oh, I'm not worried about all that stuff. I'm not worried about thinking about all these things. It's just like, I got to make sure I train and that's it. And it's like, there's so many more things that you need to do other than train. But I would say from the most casual to the best one, prioritization of sleep. Yeah. Like you need to be getting eight hours at least. I mean, by minimum is seven, but I would prefer about eight a night and making sure that it's good restful sleep. I mean, even like I bought these uh, blue Walker glasses that were like on Amazon, I think for like 20 bucks that I try to put on the last you know hour or two before I go to bed, whether it's watching the TV or on my phone. So it's just like, so you can fall asleep better. So it's just, it's little things like that, that people don't think about that really like set you up. And then as far as like, as far when you get close to competing, replicating your same habits and your patterns that you would at contest day. So when you get to contest, you're not like, you know, completely out of whack and not knowing what's going on. So you kind of already know what's, I mean, it's a lot I could get into, but it's just, I, I would say prioritization of sleep and food yeah. enough, you know, that's the hardest part for a lot of people. Cause they think, and I mean, hydration goes in with food. Oh yeah. I drink like a gallon of water. You're not drinking a gallon of water unless you're actively trying to drink a gallon of water. I don't care who you are or what sports you do, unless you're counting how much you're drinking, you are not drinking a gallon unless you work an outdoor job where you like are just drinking because it's so hot. But if you're right. in an inside job and you're not keeping a water bottle on your desk or keeping count or this, that, and the other, you're not drinking a gallon. You might be drinking a half to three-fourths. Yeah. But those come really in hand that I think if they could all do those, you know, and like, I mean, eating as far as nutrition, eating enough going into your training – your intra-nutrition training, making sure you eat post-training. I mean, all of that plays into a lot. And that has a lot to do with, you know, your recovery, your body comp, your strength. I mean, it all plays a part. Right. Isn't it funny how when you talk to someone that maybe is a beginner or someone who hasn't made a lot of progress and they say, so you know, you ask them about their diet and they're like, well, I'm eating enough. And then you dive into it and it's like, Dude, they have no clue. They're like, oh, I'm eating like 250 grams of protein. And I'm like, what'd you eat today? They're like, oh, a chicken sandwich, like three eggs, a bacon wrap. Right. And like a like a like a ham sandwich. I'm like, yeah. at best have 80 grams of protein. Like, yeah. I notice it's like something like you think you're doing enough, you think you're sleeping enough, you think you're eating enough until you really actually focus and dial in and put like a huge emphasis, like go back to the basics and really yep. measure it. And you realize you're not right. Yeah. I, I, I watched a podcast that was super cool with uh Matt Frazier, who was the CrossFit games champion for multiple times. And he was talking about, he worked with a doctor or, or someone really, really smart with sleep. And, and he, it was basically like, if you could ban sleep, it would be like the most powerful PED yeah. possible. Absolutely. Like, and it's I, I, I saw this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It was so yeah. cool. And you know, I got this thing called a whoop that you wear yeah. on your wrist. And like yeah. I was a guy that I thought I was checking all the boxes. Like, and I hate to have to wear like a little wrist thing to like tell me, but I just thought it was like yeah. cool to it's actually more- like quant like to quantify it. And yeah. I, I you think because you're laying in bed for seven and a half, eight hours or sleeping. I was laying in bed for close to eight hours. So I was sleeping like six and a half, six hours. So now like this last, these last months, I've really changed my sleep schedule and I can promise it has changed my training where I feel amazing. Yeah. Like, you're 100% like back right. when I was at the, 
I know when I was at the gym, dude, I was sleeping like nine, 10 or in bed for nine, 10, 11 hours a night. And I felt awesome. Yeah. And now, yeah, dude, this is how it is. So like if I come home and I train after work, I'll get home around six. By the time I like get off like my work clothes and get into like gym clothes or just go straight from like a sports bra and like compression short and barefoot type thing. At best, it might be, you know, between 620, 625, I might get started. On days, it's like an hour to an hour and a half. So now you're like, let's just round that out to 630. So about 730, between 730 and 8, I'll be done. Then I got a shower. So 815 or so. I need to drink a protein shake, eat some type of carb. Now you're looking at 8.30 to 8.45. Then, you know, brush your teeth, set out my clothes, fix my meals for the next day. Now you're looking at best nine. Then you hurry up, jump in bed. Take NyQuil, because if I don't, I'll just be up. Yeah. Take NyQuil. And even though, like, my eyes are asleep at nine o'clock, my alarm goes off at 3.15. Oh. So you know you're not sleeping that. I mean, what is right. that? Six hours and fifty. So yeah. it's like there is no pre-workout before that because then you really wouldn't sleep. So it's like I bet you if I actually had like a little whoop band, I bet you I might be asleep at best five to five and a half hours. Yeah. I would be really curious to see you wear one because like not only with your sleep but also like your line of work because it's definitely would be picking up that you're like training all day essentially right with your line of work what's that uh it's like 20 bucks a month and how much does the band cost it's free really yeah i'll send you a link after the i'll send you a link after the pod yeah well i might just do that just just i would love to just see it compared to like like i took like i they 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 like sponsor a ton of top level athletes and yeah. like I took, cause I compete at the Arnold amateur this year and they posted yeah. Patrick Mahomes super bowl thing. And I put it side by side to like what it was like to compete in strongman physically versus like the NFL super bowl. Oh, that's so cool. It's cool. Like, and you can be in like, I started a strongman group. So we have like 35 people that all do strongman and you okay. can see each other's like sleep and, and training and stuff oh. like that. So it's cool to be with like, like people that are as new to people that are like world champs are all in the same group. And it's really oh, awesome. I would like yeah. to see that. Yeah, it would be cool. Yeah. Your thing would be like going off all the time for everything. Cause like, Probably like you are dead. <laughs> yeah. I was in, I was in West Texas for work last week. And like I mentioned, like I'm on the opposite side of you, same kind of field, but it was so, so hot down there. Like my whoop was buzzing me that my skin, like my temperature of my skin was like two degrees hotter last week than it normally is. So it goes into like super in-depth stuff like that too. And yours would be like, literally think you're on fire where, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, dude. So we have to wear these oxygen monitors in the back of our hard hats. Yeah. We're around our stuff. When we're starting up and we're up top, I guess it's so, I, I don't even, I'm, do not quote me. I'm not a scientist at all, but I don't know if it's because it's so hot and there's so much powder like carbon powder going in the air, but it will, it will ring your O2 monitor. And it's like, Oh, oh crap. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Um, well, I thought this was a great episode. I thought it was awesome having you on. I, I want to ask too, what's your biggest goal moving forward? Cause we talked about so much coaching. What's your biggest goals as an athlete moving forward? 
uh, we, it's funny. Cause I just had a, like an hour conversation with Leifa today. Um, I don't have any competitions on my horizon. So my goal is to fingers crossed. I hopefully get another invite to Arnold, despite my bad performance, as far as like placing, I think I did a really good job of entertaining the crowd and just being my normal crazy self. Uh, so I hope that's enough. Um, cause at, at people forget at that level, you are entertainment. You know, a lot of people right. forget that. Um, and I, I really thrive off of a crowd and I like to get them going, but Arnold, like, so Arnold is fingers crossed. I hope I get an invite. If I don't, I completely understand, but my goal is to continue to rehab my knee. Um, I got PRP in it about seven weeks ago. And I went over to Scotland, competing in the Jan Todd games. And it's funny because yeah. my knee, that was my bad knee from Arnold that popped on log, feels great. But now my other knee that was originally my bad knee pre-Arnold is now like, it's just now been able to where I can actually extend it and bend it all the way. Just throughout the course of the day, it swole up really big. And there was never an injury or a moment where I was like, oh, my knee. So the goal is, is to continue to dive into getting my knees better. Uh doing more research. There's some stuff called A2M I'm looking into to help with arthritis. We think it might just be a big flare up. So the goal is, is to put tissue back on. I've lost some size because I haven't really trained in the past probably eight weeks. Like realistically, I did the most lifting at the Jan Todd games and going through Scotland and picking up stones combined than I've probably done in eight weeks because I was trying to just let my body heal. And it's obviously not healed. So my goal is just to continue and fix my knees and start and come about December 1st, the first week of December. I would like to have built a very statically strong package that is conditioned, that has figured out and hopefully fixed my knee issues. So if I do get an Arnold invite, I will be, I'll have a very strong, healthy base going into prep. That's kind of where we're at. We have to figure out you know, how much load we can put on my knee, how much volume it can take while researching and getting people together. I'm have, probably going to have to fly out to other people to get help. Um, there's not a lot of people down in Alabama that understand what I do or agree with it or help or have knowledge of it. Um, I had to go to, where is it that I went? Baltimore for PRP. They would not give it to me down here. Um, if I got approved, it was 850 a shot. I got it up there for $200 by a doctor that knew what he was doing. So I'm having to expend options and get people to help me from other places that know what I'm doing. And right. that's kind of where I'm, uh, cause right now my knee is, my knees are not good. And I, and I've had imaging and I don't know, there's nothing torn. It's just it, we don't know what's wrong and we don't really know how to fix it because it's something outside of the scope of practice that I'm doing. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to get some information and make some phone calls. Hopefully next week I have some contacts, but they're competing at the shawl and I don't want to bother them this week, but realistically just start to build a bigger, a bigger, stronger base statically, you know, do some conditioning stuff that my body will, you know, respond to that. It won't hurt my knee and just building a big base and going into hopefully getting an Arnold invite. And then if I don't get an Arnold invite, I don't know, uh, yeah. as far as goals outside of that uh you know we want to go back to scotland next year pick up some other stones that i didn't get to that i wasn't quite strong enough for that that prep leading into that kind of got hammered by my knee i didn't get to do a lot of stuff that i wanted to uh 
you know, I just, I have some, some goals in mind that I'm going to get to before I'm like done, but it's just right now, the, the immediate thing is fixing these knees so I can do those goals. Right. Getting healthy. Yeah. yeah and makes sense. we, I mean, we've been, cause this is a thing. It's like, I've been working around it and being as strong as possible with some knee issues you know, for about a year now. And now it's like, okay, well, I don't have anything for at least like six months. So I need to like actually take the time to like, not just do what I can to be good at a contest, but actually like break everything down and fix my knee. Then hopefully December, I'm like good to go. And then we'll be ready. Right. Well, awesome. Well, I'm hoping you get healthy and, and that was great. I appreciate you joining and talking everything. It was, it was a really, really Anytime. good time. Yeah. Well, you want to awesome. see all my stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Show off the, uh, show off the smoking real quick. <laughs> yeah. So that's for my 10 gallon cast iron pot that's in the garage. Okay. And I have my little smoker here. He got out my, my little pork butt. Then I have this big fancy griddle here. Holy cow. And then you I got have a lot. Nice. Yeah. So I have like the whole like cooking thing going that on. That is awesome. Yeah. It works. It feeds is... us. Being yeah. me and him, a lot of food. <laughs> I can imagine. But uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, and uh, everyone, your Instagram name will be on the YouTube video if they're watching. If not, make sure you guys are following Hannah. We'll post all the social media and everything like that. We appreciate yeah. it. Send me that link for that whoop band. I will. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks.